Welcome back to the program. It was John Lennon who wrote that life is what happens while we're busy making other plans. Or as the old Yiddish proverb goes, man plans and God laughs. My guest artist Henderson experienced that in the most complex, profound, and sorrowful way. After seemingly altering her own life plans by surprisingly falling in love with a young soldier, her life would be shattered as his life would be taken in a helicopter crash in Iraq shortly after they were married. She would become what in military parlance is an unremarried widow. That's the title of her new just-published memoir. Artis Henderson is an award-winning journalist and essayist. Her work has appeared in the New York Times, Florida Weekly, and the online literary journal Common Ties. She has undergraduate degrees from the University of Pennsylvania and a graduate degree from Columbia University School of Journalism. It is my pleasure to welcome Artis Henderson here to talk about her memoir, An Unremarried Widow. Artis, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to write this. It certainly couldn't have been an easy experience to relive it and to write about it. No, no, it wasn't easy at all. Um, as for why I wrote it, I wish I had a better answer. It just um, it felt almost inevitable, like I, I didn't have a choice to write it. I think sometimes we're just we're given the stories we have to tell and and this was this was my story as you sat down to write this as you worked on it what did you find that surprised you as you began to tell the story of your relationship and what happened in the aftermath what surprised you about the story and really about yourself i was surprised at how many beautiful times Miles and I shared and just just how lovely the beginning of our relationship was. I think that I had gotten so far from that and after losing him for a long time, all I could remember was the sadness and how, how awful it was to lose him. But but I had forgotten that we had we had a really wonderful relationship and in writing about it and telling that story I I got to relive that a little. Was there a danger in terms of your own perception and your own ability to move forward that because it was so short-circuited, because it was so stopped in a particular moment in time, that it would be difficult to think about it in a broader context other than just what happened at the end and, and really frozen in that moment in time? Yes, yes, absolutely. Our relationship was was cut short so so quickly and so brutally that I did. I, I think I had just been frozen in that and and kind of the moment of the deployment and then his death, and um, that had almost eclipsed everything that came before. Go back and talk a little bit about how unexpected this relationship was for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I when I met Miles, I, I was working in Tallahassee. I was politically pretty liberal. I had just come back from a year overseas in France. I still had a bank account open in France. I thought for sure that I would I would be going back overseas. Um, so I never anticipated meeting someone like him, someone in the military, someone who was conservative 
who didn't have plans to go overseas, not like I did. Um, so I, I never dreamed that we would start to build the life that we built together. Talk a little about that, how you began to reconcile that early on. You would think that given our different feelings about politics or religion, that we would have been completely opposite. But I found from the start, from essentially the moment I met him, that fundamentally we were so similar. And even though these, I guess, surface qualities were different, we shared the same values and we shared a very similar personality. And so I think that's how we were able to to come together. In many ways, it is a tale that maybe we all could learn from in terms of trying to bridge some of the divides between so many of us today. Yes, absolutely. That 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 touches me to hear you say that. I I think so. Like I said, we're <laughs> you know we're we were from very different sort of ideologies, but but the fundamentals were the same, and I think that can be said for a lot of us. And certainly one of the most difficult things for you early on was weaving yourself into the military world, into the world of military lives, first at Fort Bragg, then in Texas. That's right. You know, I didn't I didn't come from a military background. I, I don't come from a military family. So this military experience was, was very new to me, and it was, it's a little bit shocking to come to from the outside. Um, I think the military world is very insular, it's very um, particular, and it takes some time to figure out the rhythms of it. And I think that's something that military families and military wives eventually do, um, but I was so new to it, <laughs> it was still a shock for me. Talk about that getting used to the idea when you were at Fort Bragg in particular, getting used to the idea of being in this category of quote-unquote military wives. It's a unique position um, in terms of the military because as a military wife, you're not actually in the military. You know, you're, you're married to the military but nevertheless, all, a lot of the rules and regulations that govern the soldiers also spill over to the wives. Um, so, you know, there's a there's a part I, I mentioned in the book about how, <laughs> you know, as a wife, you you don't want to get a speeding ticket on base because if if you get that ticket, then eventually word will get back to the soldier and then his commander, and then he will get in trouble <laughs> for your bad behavior. So. Um, that's interesting. I had, I had never been in a world like that where what I did could affect, um, you know, my spouse's career. And was it, how difficult was it for you to adjust? It was difficult. Um, I think a lot of it, I was young, I was new to the experience, but there was a pretty steep learning curve in, in terms of everything like I said, I think there's almost a natural rhythm to the military and to military life, especially with deployments. And that's something it it takes adjusting to. And I, I was still adjusting. How did you reconcile it with your own ideas about how you saw your life evolving and your own potential career? 
Hmm. I'm not sure I did reconcile it. It was something that was something I was working out. You know, I had my father passed away when I was young and, and my mother worked my whole life, you know, and she always said, you know, be very careful about depending on someone else for, for your income and for your direction. And so since I was very young, I had this idea that my life, my career, my path was something I had to create on my own. And so it's very hard to be thrown into this world where I had almost no control over that. You know, every time I would get a job, we would leave in, in six months. So, yeah, I was I was still trying to figure that out. And yet, after your after your husband was killed in Iraq, you talk about the military wives, the support system, and all of that in a very positive and profound way. Talk a little about that, artist. Yes, you know, it, it's true that one of one of my biggest regrets is that. I just didn't have enough time to become part of this military community because after Miles died, I I found that community. I found these other wives and I thought, oh, where, where were you? Where were you when he was alive? And I mean, of course they were right there. They were right there and I just didn't see it. Um, Yes. Some of, some of my best friends are military. Now they're military widows, but we share this intense bond that I think maybe it's hard for me to have with women in the civilian world because they they don't understand. Do you think that that will always be the case? Yes, absolutely. I think even now when I meet military widows or even military wives, we we have a language that it's just easy to fall into. We have sort of the same reference points. It's it's just very easy. Talk a little bit about how you found out, discovered what had happened to Miles. So um, when when a soldier is killed overseas, they, they send soldiers to notify you. So um, I had come home from work, and... I was staying with my mom when Miles deployed, and so she was already home, and I came upstairs, and I opened the door, and there were two soldiers in the house, and as soon as I saw them, I knew because there's no reason for soldiers to be here. And so, um, and then they told me that he had been killed in Iraq. That happened back in, in 2006. Talk a little bit about how you've been able to deal with it, to come to grips with this in the intervening six, seven years. I, I think that the honest answer to that <laughs> is that I wrote a book about it. I mean, I have to tell you, um, I mean, before this book, I'm not sure that I had really come to terms with it. But I think that through the process of writing this book and the kind of the journey through hell and back, I've, I've come to some sort of peace.
One of the other aspects of the story you touched on it a moment ago with respect to your father is is the similarities, the way that, that your father had died in a plane crash. Talk a little about that, Artis. When I was five years old, my father, who was a professional pilot, he flew for Eastern Airlines back in the day. Um, but when I was five, he he had a private plane, and we went flying and um, and the plane crashed, and he was killed instantly. And I broke my back and then was kind of put back together. And, um, yeah, so I survived. And one of the things you talk about is what your mother prepared you for in many ways what happens to you I won't say it doesn't surprise your mother but in many ways she felt she had prepared you for it it's funny life is funny sometimes and when I was growing up I never understood why my mother handled my father's death the way she did I never understood why she sort of hid him away. You know, she put away his things. We never talked about my dad. And then after Miles died, I finally understood why she had done those things. Because I think it it was just so hard. It was so hard to have him present in our life. And I found myself doing doing the same things. I put away all of Miles' stuff. I hardly ever talked about him. And so, yes, I think in a way my mother was showing me how to be tough. <laughs> Talk a little bit about some of the reaction that you have gotten to the book and how you've handled it. People have been so generous, almost overwhelmingly generous. I just, every day I'm, I'm touched by the things people say to me and the stories they share with me. I find that the more I hear, everyone has a story, some tragedy that they've moved beyond, but that they still carry. And it's made me feel very connected to a lot of people. Do you think that you'll write more about this? Oh, about this subject, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that I have it in me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do hope to write other books, but I, I like to think that this, this one is done. Artis Henderson, her memoir is Unremarried Widow. It's just out from Simon & Schuster. Artis, I thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Thank you. We'll take a break. I'll be right back. 